0: Kenny, could you uh, make sure everybody has a bulletin? Everybody have a bulletin. If you didn't have a, get a bulletin, raise your hand. Kenny will get you one, okay? Um, I think it's um, valuable that you have it today. Um, folks at home, if you want a bulletin, you email me or text me, and I'll send you my sermon outline. Um, and the only reason I think it's important is um, I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture today real quick. And um, it's hard to follow along like that. And um, the idea might be that you'd go home and re-focus uh, on what God has said today and, and, um, and maybe get another blessing out of it, okay? Let's pray. God, thank you for this time when we open your word and look at it. Thank you for this time when we hear you speak to us. May we have ears that are ready to listen. And then um, perhaps, Lord, even respond to what you say to us today. We pray you'd be with our hearts today and make them um, be your heart. And I pray your words from your servant today would be nothing more than your words. We pray it in Christ's name today. Amen. (laughs) Ecclesiastes um, chapter 3 tells us always that there's a time for change, doesn't it? And um, um, whether we want it or not, friends, we're in a time of change, if you didn't know that, um, in many different ways. Seems like we've had a fall full of change, hasn't it? And um, we need help on our journey. Um, in the next few weeks, I'm going to try to help us in this change that um, we're probably going through one way or the other. To answer three questions. Where are we at right now? Where are we at right now? Who are we following? Who are we following always? And um, where do we want to be? What do we want to be? Now, I, I don't know about you, but that last question is is very powerful. What do we want to be? You know, I would, I would dare say that no matter what anybody would say about this church, I hope it would be that, that you can go to that church and feel the grace of God, that you can go to that church and understand that no matter who you are or what you are, you'll be loved. Amen? Um, are you all with me? We need, to, we need to have that kind of a reputation. And, and it's hard today to have a reputation like that. Um, and it takes a lot of work and, and a lot of change in our hearts even to, even to answer that third question: What do we want to, what do we who do we want to be? I would hope anytime that people mentioned Lagrange um, United Methodist Church, it would be one of positive aspects that yeah, you can go there anytime you want to and do anything you want to to worship God. Mm we are we are it's it's um it's an unbelievable state that we're in but we are in a time of change but our forefathers were in change if uh, i'm just building a little bit on what um david said a couple weeks ago if you look at that uh, real closely when you first started you were methodist episcopal back in 1833 anybody here then no um Maybe this one, 1867, you became Congregational Methodist. And then in 1920, 53 years later, you became the Methodist Church. And then 26 years later, you became the Evangelical United Brethren Church. And then in 1968, the Methodist Church and the Evangelical Brethren Church joined together and became the United Methodist Church. And now here in 2023... We're going to be something. Amen? We're going to be something. We're going to be something. Lots of changes in our history. What's not going to change, I want to assure you today, what's not going to change is, is um, things like what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 when Satan was tempting him to worship somebody else. He said, uh, we will worship, uh, this is what's not going to change. We will worship the Lord our God and serve him only. Amen? John chapter 4 reminds us when Jesus was sitting at the well, he said to the lady, he said, the hour is coming and it's now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people, people that know his Son to worship him for God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. I want to make a solemn vow to you, more than just a promise, a solemn vow to you that if we leave the United Methodist Church that last Sunday of June and we become something else, that first Sunday of July, I make a note to you today that that first Sunday in July we will do the same thing we've been doing for all these years, since 1833. Amen? And we will worship Jesus Christ we will sing songs about him that we don't know. <laughs> and, and we will just uh, extend ourselves there. Nothing will change. You know what will change? The sign out front. Big stinking deal. What's, what matters is what happens in here. What happens in here. We will worship in spirit and truth with all that we have. And we'll seek to be nothing more than a reflection of his love. To this community and the world around us. Amen? It's a difficult thing. This is not an easy thing we're talking about, in case you didn't know that. This is a very difficult thing, um, whether we're sitting here, or sitting at home, sitting on part of the park, uh, FLC, wherever it's at, to make a decision to leave uh, um, a denomination. Where me, personally, I, I, I believe God called me to the United Methodist Church. To be a servant here, and to be a shepherd here. And um, to have that go away is difficult. But I, I find solace in the fact that I'm not leaving the United Methodist Church. Because I believe the church has already left me. Amen? Um, we have to understand that part of it. Why do we go through this time? I hope our scripture that we're going to look at here, um, I hope our scripture tells us exactly what, what it is. If you, look at the, if you have your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24, it goes like this. You've learned the truth that is in, in Jesus Christ so in regard to your formal way of life put off put off your old self and be made new in the attitude of your mind listen to this and put on put on in other words change change yourself to be created because you were created to be like God and we are created to be true true and holy righteous and holy truly righteous and holy Lord God, uh, this is my friends. This is God's word for all of His people. Thank you. Praise God. Change happens. You know, this change is happening whether we want it or not. We can we can hide or do that ostrich thing and put our head in the sand and say it'll all go away, but contrary to the fact, it's going to change. We are in a season of change right now, and it doesn't matter whether we want it or not. It's happening. And how we go about that change is so important. We can, we can sit around and bemoan it and, and tear it apart and, and just be negative about, uh, about everything. Uh, but I hope you hear me say, I refuse to do that. And I want us to go on a positive aspect of this, a positive way of, of going about change. You, you, I think I told you this, but let me tell you again. There's only one person in this world that likes change. And when, he change, when you ask him uh, when he needs to change, all he does is scream and cry. You know who it is, don't you? It's Declan. <laughs> change my diaper. The only person that likes change and they scream and cry about it is a wet baby. Amen? And um, I don't want to be a wet baby. I want to uh, go ahead and go through this change. And, and make it be a positive way no matter what happens because we are focused on being with Christ and being with him. With that in mind, then, I thought we need to talk about how do we go about change in our lives, change in our lives, um, just a general thought of, of ways we need to do it if we're going to keep it personal and keep it positive. So I have four, some, four preparation steps if you want to follow along with me. And that's why uh, um, um, I have these, these outlines. One person many, many years ago said, why don't you just fill in the blanks, you know, instead of us having to write it down? And, and uh, you know who asked me that? It was a teacher. And I said, do you do that in school? And she said, no. And I said, why not? Because when they write it down, they grab hold of it better. I said, Duh. So stay focused and write it down. First step that we need to do if we want to have positive change is we need to start asking God. Start asking God to do something something new and powerful in us, to change our lives. Jesus said in in Revelation chapter 21, I have these verses in there, but you'll have to read them later. Jesus said, in case you didn't know it, I'm making everything new. I've came to change the world David, uh, David, even in his Psalm 51, said uh, in the message, it says, uh, God, make a fresh start in me. Give me a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. And he needed it, didn't he? If you listen to that verse and, and hear the Lord created me a clean heart. Oh, my. It gives us hope. I hope we never do anything dastardly as much as David did, a man after God's heart. But it should give us hope that no matter what happens, what happens in our lives, God says, that's okay, I'm going to give you another chance, I forgive you. Especially when we ask for forgiveness, amen? It should give us hope. Give us hope that we can change things in our lives. In Isaiah chapter 43, it says, the, the Lord says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Oh, Lord. Instead, look at the new things I'm doing, going to do. They're already starting to happen. I think that's true today. Can you see? Can you see? If we're doing a negative thing, we can't see. But if we're doing a positive thing, I think we can see what he's already begun to do in our lives. We need to ask God to do something new in our life. New in our life. James says, We don't have because we don't ask. I want to I want to share with you this this thing um, very much right here this week and the weeks that lie ahead. Maybe the whole 2023, we should have a breath prayer every time we're we're walking along. We should, oh God, and just you know just take that breath prayer. Oh God, change me right now. Throughout the day, Jesus, Jesus. By the way, if you got a chance, change me. Because maybe right at that point we were doing something ugly, you know. Throughout our day, maybe it'll come to our mind and we'll say, okay, Holy Spirit, I know you're talking to me. Go ahead and change me. That's a good breath prayer to say to that, friends. It should be on your heart. Literally, it should be on your heart. You should take that to your heart and say, okay, okay, I need to change. I dare say every one of us sitting here need to change. Every one of us sitting at home needs to change. On these points that I have for you, I have a question. Here's the question for you today on this first one. What new thing do we want changed in our lives that will bring change to this church? You see, it's just not making a change for us. Amen? Amen. If we're just making a change for us, oh, that's real good and cute. But if you're not going to do anything with it, it's not that big of a deal. So we want to make the changes that will help us change our attitude about being community, being this lighthouse on the circle here in LaGrange, being that reflection of Christ's love. Mm. Okay, you ready for number two? It gets a little bit more difficult. We need to pinpoint specifically what we want changed in our, li- in our lives. We need to be specific when we ask God to change us. Did you hear that? It's not just change me, God, all over. No, change my attitude about how I get upset so easy. I'm talking about Floyd now. Change my attitude that I'm, I'm not a patient person. You know, that's when I say, okay, Jesus, please just make me patient like you did. And like you are and like you will be in my life. And then, then Holy Spirit at times, change me. Change me and make me to love the way you do. It's impossible. I, I keep trying, but I fail so blatantly. It's a hard thing for us to pinpoint because when we do that, we have to say that we have a problem in our lives. Amen? It means we have we have something that we don't like about who we are. And and we should have those things and be willing to, to say, I need to change those. But I can't do it myself. I've tried and tried. I've tried and... My daughter one time said to me, I said to her, which was a dumb question. It was a leading question. I should never ask her. I, should, I asked her one time, I said, well, I'm not controlling, am I? <laughs> and as honest as she is, you know what she said? Well, yeah, Dad. And then after half an hour, I said, okay, that's enough. <laughs> the reason we don't pinpoint specifically the things that we want to change change in our lives is because it, it, we have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves and say, okay, God, I've got this problem. I can't take care of it. I need you to help me. We need to do a change, a reset in our lives if you want to talk at it like this. Second um, Corinthians 13.5 says, look closely at yourselves. Test yourselves to see if you are really Living your life in faith. Oh my. Oh my. So, as bold as I am, I put down do you see the list there? I put down some things that we need to pinpoint. Maybe we need to pinpoint our connection with God. Am I reading His Word every day? Am I praying to him every day? Am I uh, doing uh, the best I can to be a reflection of his love every day? Mm, I don't know. Maybe I need to change my attitude at uh, my job, my marriage. Maybe I need more confidence in things. Maybe I need to change my priorities, my routine, the way I do things, what I do. Um, Maybe I need to look at my parenting habits. And I look at mine even yet today. Every time I see my son, I just look at him and say, hey, by the way, in case you don't know it, I'm sorry. I just say that to him every time. Because I know I messed up as a parent. Our finances, our energy level, our habits. How are we doing with our time? Do we need God to do, take care of some of that? What about our dreams, our anger, our selfishness? whatever? You, and then you see that blank spot there? That's for you. You know what you need to change. You know what you need to change. And many of us today, I hate to say it, probably look at that list and say none of them, none of them fit me. Matter of fact, there's nothing here that would fit me. I don't need to pinpoint them. Well, if that's true, come up here. Well, you, you need to talk to us <laughs> because we need something from somebody. We need something from somebody who's perfect. Amen. <clears> hmm. <throat> I like it. Uh, uh, Roman says, do not think you're better than you really are. <laughs> oh, my. I think we need to take time and pray over that list and then ask God, okay, what's my blank right there? What do I need to pinpoint that I need to change? And then that breath prayer changes a little bit. And it, and it, I'll go with my three biggies. It says... Uh, um, okay, God, change, change my attitude. And he can pinpoint that and say, yeah, you're right. You need an attitude change. Jesus, change my, my prayer time. Let it be more powerful, more valuable. Let it be more. And then Holy Spirit, change my thinking. Change my thinking. Change my process that I go through everything. Let it be more positive than negative. Here's the question for number two. What pinpointed new thing do we want to change in our lives that will help us bring change to this, our church? Hi, Declan. Hi, buddy. Let me go to number three with you where'd he go (laughs) here's number three find some people to support our change find some people that will support us a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer and three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken Find somebody that will go with you on this journey of, of seeking change in your life and at the same time help them find change in their lives because if we'll, in Ecclesiastes 4.2 it says if one person fails, another person can reach out and help them. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble, real trouble. My goodness, friends, I, I'm going to say this to you and I, I think it's in your, in your bulletin, isn't it? Community... Do I have that there? Community is God's antidote to discouragement. Is that in there? Right in the middle of three. It's God's antidote to discouragement, defeat, and failure. My friends, we're all one body, Romans 12 says to us, and we belong to each other. Each of us needs each other. I, I'm going to say this to you gently, and here it is a loving Kind thing to say to you, if you're not in a small group meeting with somebody every week, you'll be defeated. I'm sorry. You'll be, you'll be hurt all the time by yourself. We need, we need this community. We need this, this time of fellowship. We need to be together. Um, even in um, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, it tells us not to forget to get together. Not to forget to get together um, as many have done. And the reason in, in, in Hebrews chapter 10 it says that is because we need to meet with each other to encourage each other in our journeys. In our journeys. My friends, I'm telling you, over the years, uh, over the years that we've seen this happen. We went to Duper United Methodist Church. And um, there were 600 people coming to the church that, at that time. And we went as a worshiper. And that first Sunday that was, we were there, four people came and talked to us after church was over and wanted us to join their small group. Why, 600 people, you don't know anybody. So you have to live in that small group to be a part of everything that's going on. You need to do that. Even here with us, and our 75 people average most of the time, online even. We need to be in community. If you're not in a small group meeting, I don't don't care if it's just a breakfast meeting, um, um, Mats Matters, it doesn't matter. If you're not around other people, you're doomed for failure. God wants us to be, wants us to be in in community. He's built us that way. He's focused the, the whole church that way. One time, one time I said I had to apologize to a church I was their pastor we had about 225 coming in a small town like LaGrange. And, um, and, and um, we decided there was no small groups. So we decided that we would spend a whole summer praying about this to start small groups in September. Some kind of small groups. And, um, and uh, I apologize to, com- to the committee that was doing it because uh, I think we failed And they said, what do you mean? And I said, they said, everything's going great. What do you mean we failed? And I said, well, in the whole time that we were doing this preparation, the whole summer, we were focused in. I said, let's focus in on just getting 10 groups together. I said, we should be able to get 10 groups together, anywhere from three to seven people in each group. And some of them were married families where six people got together, three families got together. And it was all good. (laughs) At the end of that, this was around Christmas when I apologized to him when we were talking about how everything was going. I said, I messed up. We should have said, let's do 20 groups. Amen? Because we limit God. James says, you get what you ask for. We asked for 10, guess what we got? 10. I think it was 78 people who was in small groups that had never been in a small group before. And some of those groups are still going on some 30, 40 years later. Can you imagine? Lord have mercy. God has designed us to be that way. If you're not in a small group with somebody else talking about issues in your life, we're doomed to fail. We're doomed to fail. We're we're discouraged easily. And we end up saying, oh, what the heck? Who cares? You know, small groups, my friends. Here's the question for number four. When we think about small groups, who's going to help us? Who's going to help us? Now, Dave's got a nice small group, um, but he'd like to have a bigger. They meet tonight. If you want to come tonight, that's what you should do. Come, that's a group that, that is focused in on what we're doing next, where we're going, and, and they're not making any decisions. Don't think that. They're talking about it, and then they'll present it to the administrative council. But, but um, and out of that group, I dare say maybe some other small groups are coming from that group, I hope. Who will help us? We can't do it by ourselves. Who will help us bring change in our church? Let me give you the fourth one real quick, okay? Eliminate. We need to eliminate. Oh, boy, I hate this one. We hate to eliminate anything that's unhealthy or unhelpful. You know, I hang on to that stuff for a reason. I've been married to Phyllis Ann. You know, Phyllis Ann and I had an anniversary Tuesday. 52 years. (laughs) I told her to stay away from me. (laughs) And she did. She didn't want to catch COVID neither, you know. (laughs) But um, um, she is, for 52 years, I've always been concerned that I might end up in a trash can. Because anything she doesn't need, if she doesn't need anything in six weeks, it's gone. We need to get rid of stuff like that. If we know that there's nothing we're going to do with that, we need to get rid of it and let it quit festering in our bodies, in our minds, and in our spirit, and causing us not to be who we should be. Listen to it in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. We must get rid of everything that slows down our progress. I would put in there to change. Especially the sin that just won't let go. We must be, ter- de- be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. And we must keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus who leads us. Amen. We need to get rid of it friends. To change our lives. We need to get rid of those things that are ugly. Those things that are not good. We need to f- do away with them. And, and um, we can't do it by ourselves. We need somebody to help us. And we need to ask Jesus to do it specifically. Amen? Are you all with me? Amen. Okay, thanks. Somebody is. Anyway. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But we need to do it, friends. We need to change those things. And the question number four is what do we, as a body of believers, right here, what do we need to get rid of? that will help us bring change in this, our church, where we want to do nothing more than worship God. What do we want to do? That could be a huge list, couldn't it? That could be a huge list. I put a little list of our personal things, but what do we need to do as a church? Not be so judgmental, amen? Not be so lacking in love. As we close, let me share this with you. This change is going to be terribly difficult for many people. We need to start now to prepare our hearts so it will be positive. Friends, let me answer those three questions for you in my heart. Where are we? Where are we? I can give you the answer. In my heart, we are in Christ. Who are we following and who are we listening to? You know the answer, don't you? Jesus. What do we want? What do we want to be? Where do we want to go? I'll tell you real closely. All I want is more, more of Jesus. Every day of my life, I want a little bit more. You have to go back to Joshua twenty-four, fifteen. And listen to him say to the Israelite nation, I don't care what you do, but me and my house, we are going to worship the Lord. Amen? Me and my house, my friends, we're going to worship the Lord. Change is coming. Let us be prepared for it. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your, your, your word today that challenges us to be ready. Always, in and out of season, to be ready to proclaim your word to whomever and wherever. Help us to change our lives today. Help us to change in this church. Help us to be focused on when the change that's coming, whether we want it or not. All for your glory, Lord. Help us. Help us to seek, no matter what, to be in your will. To be in your will, Lord, is our prayer today. Guide us and direct us that way. We need help to do it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touch our hearts, we pray today in Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together then.